DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming to you after a pretty explosive first round of the NBA playoffs. There's only one series that's outstanding right now. We have uh, seven teams securing spots in the second round with the Clippers and the Mavericks uh, still at uh, three to two in the favor of Dallas uh, heading into game six tomorrow. But uh, we're here to talk Pacers, and we've got a couple of Pacers topics to cover today. We've got um, recent Kevin Pritchard press conference. We have uh, the future of uh, many of our starters being discussed, aggregated with plenty of random Twitter accounts tweeting uh, really obvious stuff. We'll, uh, we'll be teeing off on that. Trey Young versus Reggie Miller comparisons in the garden. There's plenty to talk about on this week's show. We've got uh, a lot of Pacers flavor to the playoffs, but uh, I want to start with Kevin Pritchard. Uh, I know, Justin, you sat down, watched the whole press conference. You had some really interesting takeaways from that. So um, what were your main takeaways from Kevin Pritchard's presser? Yeah, I messaged you guys and I really was interested in what you two want, like, thought about the press conference. And I had a lot of thoughts. I think he did well in most parts, I think Kevin Pritchard interviews really well 99% of the time. There were, there were some things he said I, I didn't like, which I'll, which I'll touch on. And that the main one being, um, you know, he did kind of mention we Pacers made the playoffs, um, which I just couldn't kind of disagree more. Um, the playing tournaments to make the playoffs. So we didn't succeed in the playing tournament. So we did not make the playoffs. Um, and the second thing was, I think he, we had a lot of injuries, right? And, you know, you never want to make excuses, but there were excuses, you know. Having your basic whole starting lineup out the most of the year did hurt, but I think he kind of acted like TJ Warren was the next Michael Jordan. Um, having him out was was such a big deal. And although it did hurt, you know, he's our best offensive scorer last year and he was improved defender. Um, I think he overblew the TJ Warren loss a bit. It certainly sounded that way. I mean, look, TJ Warren is a great scorer. We've um, we've talked about how many buckets he gets and how easily he gets them, Alex. 
I mean, we've also talked about how disappointing the season was and that, you know, the addition of one player wasn't going to buy us 10, 15 wins, which is probably where we thought we were going to be. But from your perspective, I mean, do you think that this is more a bit of posturing from Pritchard in terms of trying to make sure that we play down the severity of the season? Yeah, I think in part it definitely was. It's him saying that, firstly, like acknowledging that this season was disappointing. There's no hiding that, but... uh, I guess covering it a little bit in the sense that, you know, a guy who averaged 19 points a game last year wasn't playing. And the fact that Levert missed a couple of months and Turner missed a couple of months. So obviously there were injuries there, but yeah, to me, as Justin said, it is disappointing every year to hear the same similar quote, right? It's a, Oh, we were a tough out or, you know, we, we did what we wanted to do. We made the playoffs. Like, no, that shouldn't be your goal. That shouldn't be the the be all and end all. You should not just want to make the playoffs. You should want to compete and win multiple series. So, you know, that that was the, the disappointing thing for me. It was, it was disappointing in that way. I mean, I, I can understand why he had to try and put a positive spin on it. You can't always be negative, but it would have been a little refreshing to sort of say, we didn't hit the mark this year we can't use injuries as an excuse for how badly we played and how poorly we finished the season and we didn't make the playoffs. Like, I think if we'd heard those sorts of things, even though they would have been um, pretty direct, they may have ruffled a few feathers in the locker room. They may have ruffled a few feathers on the coaching panel, but that, that sort of direct language is probably what fans hope for. And Justin, there's, there's not kind of a lot of that in modern sports right now. There's a lot of platitudes. There's a lot of rhetoric. There's a lot of cliches about, you know, we uh, will get better next year. We'll go again. We'll retool, you know, that sort of stuff. But, I mean, I want to hone in on the on the playoffs comment that, that Kevin Pritchard made. This isn't the playoffs. The playoffs is what we're witnessing right now. I mean, a play-in game uh, is just effectively like you're playing the 82nd game of the season and you've got a tied record with the other team in eight. Like, it's it's not a it's not a playoff game. It shouldn't be treated as a playoff game. You finished ninth. You finished out of the playoffs at the end of the day. You didn't play a seven game series. You played a one game series against two teams. You won one. You lost one. Um, at the end of the day, you, you have to see that as a um, dramatic dramatic result compared to last year. Fourth to ninth is is a pretty sharp um, decline from the paces, and. Um, bubble or no pandemic or no injuries or not that that's that's too far to fall for a team with with this much talent even with the the talent that's remaining and i want to talk about that talent now um alex we've seen a lot of noise on social media lately about this player might be traded that player might be traded we saw a report today that was pretty ridiculous in my view about Miles Turner, the fact that uh, the Celtics, the Hornets, the Knicks, and I think the Lakers would show interest in Miles Turner. Well, what, I, I don't, I don't want to swear on this program, but if you don't think that those teams aren't calling the paces asking if Miles Turner is available, um, you don't really know basketball, but additionally, Let's have a look at what those teams have to trade. I mean, Alex, there's nothing that those teams have to offer aside from if the Hornets get a good lottery pick. Well, firstly, I just want to say that this isn't breaking news. So I'm shocked that Pacers fans were surprised by this in the slightest, like seeing some some overreactions on the timeline as usual. But um, yeah, as you said, like some of those are laughable. The Celtics, I mean, you had a better offer for us last year. We didn't do it. So no, no. 
The Lakers have zero assets. Um, we're not taking Kuzma, who's headed to China after this season. <laughs> um, and yeah, so basically the Hornets are the uh, only team that actually has some some sort of asset, man. And yeah, again, like it's laughable when I see these reports because it's a yearly thing at this point, isn't it? I feel like Miles Turner is the, the one player that comes up in trade talks every single year. So yeah, t- to me, this isn't news, but I don't know about you guys. I, I just... Of course, he's a trade target for other teams. Of course, teams could use a guy that can hit threes and, and block shots. Notice how none of these reports say, say that the Pacers are looking to trade Miles Turner. It's always other teams are looking to ask the Pacers or looking to inquire about Miles Turner. It's never about the Pacers going out and canvassing what Miles Turner's value is. Um, but, I mean, Justin, is there a team in the league aside from maybe the Jazz that wouldn't want the best shot blocker in the league? No, and yeah, like you guys said, it's just silly season, isn't it? It happens every year, and um, it's just laughable, you know. Of course, Pace is going to listen to uh, offers from Miles Turner. They're going to listen to offers from every single player on this team. If, if someone calls up and says, oh, we, we want to offer you someone for Sabonis, Kevin Pritchard's not just going to hang up the phone. <laughs> like, Brogdon, Turner, I, I'd say everyone on the roster is is tradable if the right deal's there. We're, we're not in a position where we've got a a Luka Doncic where you just hang up the phone straight away. No, we've, we, and we haven't been in that position since Reggie. I mean, even Paul George was tradable. Even Jermaine O'Neal was tradable. There were players that you could trade those guys for. And Reggie was, you know, that sort of player that was uh, like a Dirk. He was, you know, a one franchise guy that the franchise felt a degree of loyalty to and, and never would have traded, even though he wasn't, you know, one of the top two players in the league. Uh, at any point, he was right up there. He was an all-star. He was a superstar, but he was never, you know, a top two finishing MVP or anything like that. But I, I mean, I, I just I find it really interesting that we're already seeing these Turner reports come out because it, it does seem to me that it's teams potentially, if if it is a team reporting, um, it's a team that's trying to create unrest. It's a team that's trying to potentially have Miles go to the franchise and say, I want to be traded or what's with these rumors and get disenfranchised and get upset. Um, rather than, as I say, there's none of these reports say the Pacers are going out trying to trade Miles Turner. It's all about other teams inquiring. Um, so Alex, I feel like there's, there's probably going to be a little bit of posturing around the, the league over the next couple of months to try and prize a couple of these assets away from the Pacers. The question is, are we ever going to be satisfied with a Miles Turner return? And for me, I just can't see any universe in which we're going to sit here on this podcast and say, wow, Pacers did really well with that Miles Turner return. We're always going to be dissatisfied because he's so highly valued by our franchise. And I'm not sure that he's as highly valued around the league by general managers. You saw the fact that, you know, Danny Ainge wanted Turner and McDermott and a first round pick for Gordon Haywood. And we immediately, you know, hung up the phone. But are we ever going to be satisfied with a Turner return? Well, it is worth noting that Danny Ainge has no longer got a job. So <laughs> just putting that out there, shout out to the Celtics. But um, yeah, I think, think you're right. Like, you know, it, it's funny because this happens like every year with small market teams. Like everyone tries to get this guy, that guy starting these rumors. It's never coming from that team, right? Like the Pacers are never going to leak any of this stuff. Uh, just like the Bucks would never do with Giannis or Blazers with Lillard and so forth and so on. So obviously I'm not saying Miles is those guys, by the way, don't kill me. But um, 
you know, it, it's funny seeing these rumors coming from the paces because we talk about it, like nothing comes out from them. But on, on the value of Turner, I think he's never been more valuable because he had his best year this season, obviously coming out of an, uh, coming back from an injury, but I think his value will never be higher. So if you are Kevin Pritchard, obviously you have to take the calls and we've talked about the writing being on the wall for the Tabonis pairing, in my opinion. So um, yeah, I, I really think there's no better time to to look for that deal than now. And I think you can get something good for him. So yeah, fingers crossed. Justin, we've seen a couple of, big results in the first round of the NBA playoffs. We've seen, you know, obviously the Trailblazers um, bow out in six games. So the Lakers lose. Uh, the Clippers are in a losing position right now. They're down in the series. The Heat had a horrible loss. Hate to see that. Um, but I want to, I want to ask, I mean, we're about to approach what I would say is the silly season in the NBA uh, with respect to free agency trades, the draft. Kevin Pritchard talked about, I guess, potentially going all in or trying to get an all-star in that, in that press conference. And I'm interested in your thoughts as to um, who, how many people, how many players on this roster, how many picks would you give up for, you know, a disgruntled superstar um, that, that's been potentially either eliminated in the playing game or eliminated in the playoffs. I mean, you look at guys like Bradley Beal, you look at, um, you know, the Blazers just lost. So Damian Lillard just tweeted something and uh, Instagram something cryptic about his future. I mean, like I, I tweeted jokingly trade, I think Domas, Malcolm, 10 first rounders and the Colts for Damian Lillard. But um, like, I, I would give up anything for a guy like that, wouldn't you? Oh, for sure. For sure. And what, what to mention about the playoffs, what a strange year you've got the first round nearly ending and probably the first time in 10, 15 years, you've got no LeBron James, no Steph Curry, um, no Damian Lillard, potentially no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George in the second round. Um, just just crazy events this year. Um, so, yeah, hopefully there might be some stars on the market potentially. But um, as disgruntled, yeah, I was going to mention the Lillard Instagram comment as well. I just saw that then. Um, but... With, with stars like that, we all know they give their GMs, if they end up leaving, I, I don't think Lillard actually wants to, but they all give their GMs three teams they'll only accept trades to. So um, in my time of a 29-year-old male, I've never heard of a star putting Indiana on the list. It's always been the likes of Miami, Lakers, um, you know, Boston or something like that. Um, so... I'm still, you guys know how I feel. I still want a star. I don't care what it costs us. Um, I think we can put together a good package for a good star. You know, we we could do a Brogdon Sabonis in a first round pick. That's worthy of a superstar, you know, who wants out. Um, that could change our franchise. Will it happen? Probably not. But um, yeah, God, guys, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the old paces off seasons for the last 10, 15 years where it's just, oh, a few bench pieces move around. Oh, we get him back from injury, so it's kind of a new year. It's like, nah, let's let's try something else for once. Certainly has the potential to be one of the more explosive trade periods or free agency periods in Pacers history. I mean, um, Pritchard spoke about bringing back Doug, bringing back TJ McConnell. The team can't afford to do those things, Alex, without making a move. So, I mean, you have Miles, Domas, Malcolm... I don't imagine Levert or Warren are on the trade table, but you've got bench pieces like Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday. You've got all your picks. Um, so is the team primed to make either a trade for a superstar or a big splash on draft night to try and get a, uh, you know, 
a great young player in the te- in into the team. I think they can, man. And another name you didn't mention there was Jeremy Lamb, who's making about 10 mil a year, who, who you can throw into any package. So, you know, the Pacers have assets, both cap-wise and talent-wise. Um, and my thing is, I think Kevin Pritch is in the hot seat. You know, obviously he got renewed, or like he, he was coming back, but I, I really think his job as much as Bjorken, as much as the assistant coaches is up for grabs. So, you know, we saw Danny Ainge step down this, this offseason just the other day and, who knows, man? If, if the Pacers have another bad season, that might be KP in a year's time. So if he's got one last run, then maybe he swings for the fences. I, I really hope he does because I've, as, you know, all three of us have advocated for a superstar. So if there's one one move to be made and you can do it, I hope he does, man. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, Pritchard went from, I think, 2006 to 2010 uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. I, I, I don't really know what whether he tried to swing for the fences with Portland late. I think that was, I recall that being, you know, being riddled with, uh, with injury, ironically, Bram Roy, Greg Oden, LaMarcus Aldridge was that uh, cornerstone of the franchise that didn't get injured. Uh, And they kind of had to reset and draft Damian Lillard and Lillard then supplanted Aldridge as, as the team's best player. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Domas is, is really in that LaMarcus, I guess, role right now where he's the guy that doesn't get injured, the guy that's putting up big numbers, the guy that's kind of the franchise cornerstone power forward. Um, and and you really do need to pair him with a young guard. We've spoken about that ad nauseum, how we need a younger point guard, a younger, quicker point guard in the team. So um, I think you're right, Alex. I think Kevin Pritchard is on the hot seat. I think it being the fact that he came out and said he was being evaluated Justin was was massive. I mean, that he that was a very deliberate statement, I think, by him to say and to reassure, I think, probably the media and the team that he knows that he's not doing a good enough job. Um, the fact that he wasn't let go is not a surprise. Um, him and the Simon family are obviously super tight. He was endorsed by Larry Bird to take over the role. Um, and it just seems like he's, he's going to be out there searching for a home run. Well, yeah, and I... I actually didn't mention before, I think the biggest line to me from the whole 45-minute press conference was him saying, I think he got asked about trying to get a superstar, and he said, you know, it's tough to do, um, but, you know, if we can't make the right move, we're going to look in a different direction towards the future. And I was like, wow, I've, I've, I've never heard him say that. It's all about being competitive, and we're going we're gonna to field the best team out there. So to me, that was the biggest line to say, wow, if – are they actually finally realizing stop being middle of the pack of being uh, sixth to tenth seed because you're just running running on a treadmill and loop? It, it's just doing nothing. So that line to me, I hope they stick to it because yeah, I want them to go for the home run. But if they don't, let's not bring back Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, Warren, Levert, and do this all over again. Let's let's trade and actually look for a four to five year plan. Um, can we get a better draft pick? We've mentioned it a lot, but yeah, I just think that that line he said in the press conference is really big to me, and it's going to be telling to see what happens in the off season. Um, because I'd say if there was a percentage chance, it's going to be a lot more likely we look towards the future than we've got a superstar and we're looking at a top three seed. Let, let me ask you, pick your poison here. So, Alex, door number one is we trade multiple starters and multiple first round picks for a superstar. Door number two is we trade this year's first round pick and one started to move up in the draft into the top five, six, seven picks. What would you prefer the team do? 
I'm taking the superstar, man. I'm going to take the superstar every day of the week. Like, firstly, you know, when we talk about tanking, like, you're never guaranteed a, a an amazing player. Obviously, you look at Luca and Trey, and they were top five picks, but, you know, you can look at some other guys who were also top five picks, and they're not very good. So it doesn't always work out. So uh, I'll take the superstar, but what about you? Yeah, I'm in two minds. I think I've seen I've seen too many examples of it going wrong where a team's given up so many first round picks over a, such a long period of time. Um, so I, I'm probably more in the mode of, I, I just want to see a really good young player in the team. I mean, if you can, obviously you've got the lottery. There's a, there's a, I think a 5% chance that we hit a top three pick, which is very, very low, obviously. But if we didn't have to part with any assets and we're able to get in a, a great young talent, that'd be sensational but if we had to give up one of our starters in order to move up into that top five or six and draft a guy who's going to stick around for a long period of time um and be exciting and be young and also have that that rookie salary as well for me that that seems like the logical move with where we're at with the cap with where we're at with the talent on this roster and the age of the roster as well i mean for me i i would just love to see a young player in the side justin what about you yeah, well, I've got one of you in each door and I'm just going to say, go through any of the doors. Don't just stand there and look at the doors because that's what we've been doing the past 10 years. So just go through one of the doors and I'm happy. Um, I agree with you both. Like, honestly, I honestly agree with you both. I'd love a young player. I haven't been excited about a young player since Paul George against Chicago uh, playoff series when he was blocking Derrick Rose. Um, and then, yeah, Alex, we haven't had a real superstar in years and years. So... Uh, depending on who that disgruntled, disgruntled superstar is we get would depend what, which door I actually want to go through. But, um, yeah, I think it's time. This offseason is going to be big for me. I'm a huge Kevin Pritchard fan, as you both are. But, um, yeah, like Alex mentioned, you know, everyone in the franchise should be on the hot seat. So if he doesn't perform this offseason, like, something has to happen. We There has to be big moves either way. Like, I don't know what you guys think. I know we probably don't want to talk about it. The longer it goes, I think Nate Bjorkman is going to stay on as head coach. I'm 99% sure he will not be fired now. Yeah, I think the move would have been made and they would be already starting that search if it was going to be made. I still still stick to my guns with what I said a couple of weeks ago. They're going to hire some sort of senior assistant. They're going to get him into the team. They're going to have an insurance policy should Bjorkman continue to struggle and not get better. Uh, and they're going to have Bjorkren focus on one side of the ball and this senior assistant focus on the other side of the ball, likely to be a, an assistant focusing on the defensive end because obviously Bjorkren sort of supercharged the offense. So um, wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Um, finally, guys, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the conference semifinals in next week's episode, but uh, Luca or the Clips, who's going to win the series? Uh, Justin, one word. Game six... Oh, geez. Every road team has won the game. Um, every game. Sorry, this isn't one word, is it? But I'm just going to go Luca because, boy, I don't even hate him anymore, but Paul George out in the first round again will make me giggle. Alex? Uh, yeah, I'm going Luca. Yeah, I'm going Luca too. And it's going to be uh, very, very interesting to see what Kawhi Leonard does with his contract thereafter. I think we'll, that's a story for another episode. We've been the Pacers, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.